guys, can you even believe it? No. Max Fun Drive is coming. It's coming. Stop lying. I won't. I will not because it's not a lie. So I won't right, stop, I pal. You. Max Fine. Fun Drive is coming. That's right. We want you to help. You can get involved right now without even spending a single cent yet. That comes later. Here's what you do. Tell Max Fun what our show means to you. Email memberstories at maximumfun.org or call 323-601-8719. That's 323-601-8719. And we'll probably handle any compliments very well. Do you have like a, like, what are you looking for? Give an example of what, a like, if you heard this message from someone, you would, you would feel like we succeeded in our goal right now talking to them. Um, on an earnest note, it would be to hear from anyone who feels seen by our show because they're mm. my favorite messages to get when people message us and say, I listen to your show because it feels like you've heard me thinking as mm. opposed to a lot of other shows. I've heard there are other wrestling podcasts and I've heard that they possibly have a narrower view of what wrestling should be and how you Lies. should enjoy it. I've, I've only heard that. I've been told. Yeah. I mean, people say a lot of things. People say a lot of things. Um, so yeah. I love it when people say they listen to our show because it offers an alternative, an alternate perspective and it speaks to how they feel. On a more selfish note, it is a year since I've been able to go to therapy and my self-esteem is very low. So any, any compliments I could get, uh, I, I will accept them. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not to hunt anything out, but I always love hearing from people who started watching wrestling or are able to to watch wrestling without any pressure or feeling like they have to catch or know certain things because they listen to the show. So if that's you, let us know. Or just what you like about the show, stuff that makes you laugh. Compliments. Cookie Monster Com impressions. Cookie, cookie Monster Mon Sean. Give us Sean. your Cookie Monster. Oh, what other God. wrestlers are like other Sesame yes. Street characters? Who's the Count? Who's Oscar the Grouch? <laughs> Who's Snuffleupagus in wrestling? Let us know. With your with either your voicemail at three two three six zero one eight seven one nine, or you can record yourself on your phone and email it to memberstories at maximumfun.org. If no one calls in and does no. Oscar the Grouch's Stone Cold, I'm gonna be so upset. So that's that's my request. Please. Well, you have your orders. Tyson Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. You know, you know, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Lubs Out Unsanctioned Match Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the Hurricelk Rana, Lindsay Kelk. Hello, it's me. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm okay. That's literally in here. <laughs> <laughs> we now just dab. We've Screw gone full... wrestling. What's going on? So we've gone full Anchorman. Julian now realizes every word has to be written down or we can't be controlled. <laughs> I want to peel the onion that is Lindsay. Let's get into the layers of it all. Yeah, I haven't been to therapy in a year, so let's do it. Let's do it. Danielle is out live streaming <laughs> the Snyder Cut today, which both of us have watched. Yes. I, I want to get your thoughts on it. I'll, I'll share mine first because I'm Maybe that's guess. what we should put over. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Here's here, here, uh, This is my definitive statement. I'm now making this for the press. I will not be taking questions. Noted. At this time. 
<clears throat> it is better than the theatrical cut. There are there are lots of good moments, and there are lots of terrible. Zack Snyder has clearly never read a comic book. He just likes things that look cool and has ideas that everybody should say fuck. It is four hours long. It is a full four hours long. And the reason why it has to be a full four hours long is because he has to go back and basically wedge three different origin movies into a Justice League movie so that you care about the characters in this universe and have some sense of why they're there and what they're doing. You have a certainly a better sense of motivation for all of them, but somebody wrote a review saying that it was better than Endgame. That person should <laughs> be hung by their thumbs from a fucking Aww. yard arm. I want to live in that their life. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That person has really appreciated lockdown. That person's really yeah. enjoyed having a year to take for themselves and, and introspect, and they think it's been better for humanity to do this. That's what they think. Really, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Endgame was only three hours long, but it was also the culmination of 11 years of filmmaking, you dumb douche. Lindsay, what did you think? So my rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. It's actually in entire agreement. This would be the worst debate ever. Uh, my first point is it's four hours long. Um, mm -hmm. So I have three points to make, but four, because that was one. One is I thought I'd lost my mind, and then I got to the point spoiler alert but not really when batman says to the joker like when i kill you and i will fucking kill you i was i had to rewind it and make sure i hadn't hallucinated that because i was like this is is that weird does that feel weird it felt weird i took issue with the fact that joker looked like he'd been superimposed by me on my phone I spent right. yesterday writing notes to other authors um, to go in with my new book. When you send a proof of a new book, you send an advanced copy out to other authors before it comes out so that they will read it and hopefully say nice things about it. It's basically bribing slash bullying, but like the most passive aggressive ever. Um, but you have right. to write notes to people you know and people you don't. So it's really weird writing notes to authors you don't know saying like, please, will you read my book and not shit on it online, uh, which is ultimately what you're doing. And in at least seven of those notes, genuinely, after I ran out of things to say and worked out how to be charming to strangers who would see straight through it because they knew the purpose of these notes, I literally started writing, like, I am watching Zack Snyder's Justice League and also writing this note, and I'm sorry, but at least this book is better than that movie. And I don't, I don't know how that's going to go down, but it's happened, so I apologize to those authors in advance. Um, and then my favorite story about Justice League is when I went to see it in the cinema because I had movie pass at that time and would see anything. Mm. I, uh, I went to the cinema to see it and it was just me and these four or five dudes sat in the back row. And then about 10 minutes in, one of them turned around to the other and went, dude, this fucking sucks. And the other one was like, shut up, shut up. It just started. Shut up. It just started. And then about 45 minutes to an hour in, the same guy stood up and went, this is my only day off this week, you son of a bitch, and walked out. <laughs> walked out. <laughs> and the other one that really wanted to be there was so mad and so upset, and all the other friends just laughed at him. I have a definitive ranking for the DCEU films. This did not change Justice League's place in that ranking. No. I mean, it, it was longer than a WrestleMania, and... It was not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. It just—it was longer than lockdown. I—it it made less sense. No. Too dark, and it's too dumb, and everything looks like three hundred. And I've seen that, so fuck it. All right, let's talk about some. <laughs> we got that out of the way. No, you don't have to apologize Very at all. 
This Sunday, you know, we're only a few weeks out from WrestleMania, so let's have another pay-per-view. I heard that WrestleMania had been canceled and uh, had died in a fire. Oh. So I don't I don't know if it's happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then we'll at least we'll have Fastlane this Sunday. That's all we have which now. Is, which is notable in that it is the first WWE event. I don't know what they're calling it. They don't call them pay-per-views anyway. They call them events or whatever. It's the first one to air live on the Peacock streaming service. There are very few of the major streamers that I was not a day one subscriber. <laughs> it's me to. and you, Hal. Peacock you. certainly is among them. Yeah. And I use it frequently. I watch at least one episode of Cheers a day. That's how mm-hmm. my latter stage of lockdown is going. We're on. We're about halfway through season two. Uh, that's that's <laughs> how I'm coping. That's when you cope. See, first stage of lockdown was Frasier. We're actually going backwards. Uh, we've regressed mm-hmm. to Cheers now. <laughs> Season two of so Cheers. So Taxi's going to be before. That's that, then you're going to go back Jeff to Taxi. Jeff is um, lobbying hard for Night Court, which I've never seen because oh, of yes. its you Cheers connections. But it's not on sure. Peacock. We have to find it. Uh, Night Court I think is you have great. To buy it. It has, and I'm curious if Jeff agrees with me. One of the worst series finales of all time. Yes, I can confirm he agrees with you, and I have never seen it, but, but I do know that he believes that. But a great that. show. I mean, John Larroquette. Anytime someone from Night Court appears in Cheers, he pops so hard that I think we're mm-hmm. watching wrestling. Like he gets so yeah. excited. Uh, yep. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Harry Anderson was on a lot. He would come in. He and was stamp, just on it last those night. Early seasons. Yep, he yeah. went to he went to a boxing match with Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, he played a con man. Yeah, it was great. Oh, the great <sighs> Harry Anderson. R.I.P. Anyway, <laughs> the network will be gone next month. Mm-hmm. Some point next month, whether it's mid or beginning, I cannot remember which. Not important. If we look back on this experiment which was seven years, almost seven years exactly, seven years long. Yeah. And there certainly have been issues along the way. There's a lot of, a, a lot of WWE's acquisitions in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s were all about acquiring tape libraries. They knew that the value and had the foresight at the time to realize, and, and I know they had tried to launch their own cable channel. There were a lot of stop and starts before before we got to to their streaming service but they've they were very smart to become sort of an archive of all mm-hmm. of all wrestling and figure out how to monetize that's a really really smart business strategy when we look back on the WWE network and its 7 year run and where it ended up do you feel like it is a success given the fact that we know it didn't always hit the numbers that they wanted it to hit i don't think they ever did really I mean, taking the corporate side out of it, of the numbers and what they were trying to achieve, because Mm -hmm. I can't speak to that. I only know whether or not they think that was successful um, without analyzing it, because like baby doesn't do math. Um, But from a viewer perspective, as someone who signed up at the very beginning, um, I thought it was a huge success to me as a viewer and as a wrestling fan, because I watched it all the time uh i genuinely found it to be a meaningful resource as a wrestling fan like i got to see stuff i'd never seen Uh, i got to see stuff that i loved that i have wanted to see again i just really loved being able to dig in go find stuff very easily and without having to fuck with youtube which i hate uh, so yeah, I loved the network and I am sad to see it go. I'm sad. I'm sad. 
for my loss of my friends, the WWE Network. I used it a lot as well. I thought it was really, really smart. I know they never, I, you know, they like the tip of the iceberg in terms of the amount of content they have, especially old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. That now I think, I think even just to attack it from a business side. So you, I, I agree with everything you said on the creative side. I'm going to go business side where they found a way to continue to monetize that content without being responsible for the overhead of a yeah. site, oh, yeah. of making updates to it. That's something that they don't have to worry about anymore. They don't have to be beholden to on every investor call and say, well, here's how many subscribers mm-hmm. we have a net and we're trying to offer a free month to get people in. Now, folks with, they're, they're going to drive people to Peacock, which is good for Peacock. And Peacock gives them a built-in subscriber base that they can use yep. to juice oh, their yeah, numbers huge, as needed. Huge. They will be able to better separate out, all right, here's old school, here's current, here's everything. Yeah. Everything you need to watch. WWE never needed to be a network. They, <clears throat> Just what they have here is is fine. So I think it's a really yeah. smart exit. They proved it out enough that another company was like, this is valuable enough to us that we want to pay you. We want to license your footage from you or, or yeah. acquire your content library rights. Yeah, that's that's a huge deal. And the WWE app was not perfect. You know, the interface was not great. There were always problems. There were always glitches. No matter how many times they rebooted it, revamped it, there were always issues. Uh, Having played around in the Peacock version a little bit for the last couple of days, it's not super intuitive to me, Mm -mm. even less so than the WWE app. But I have faith that it could get better. I'm sure there's a bunch of people this weekend who are going to be like, wait, WWE's on here now? I'm going to watch that Mania I loved as a kid. And maybe they convert them for Fastlane, you know? And then they convert yeah. them for WrestleMania, which is sadly being canceled and died in the woods. So, hmm. yeah. Sad to hear it. Sad, a All terrible right, loss. May its memory be a blessing. A couple of matches from Fastlane that, uh, that I want to dig into very quickly. One being Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. The last time these two faced each other at a pay-per-view at a fast lane was several years ago to help establish Roman Reigns as a main event player. Now Roman Reigns is a main event player and Daniel Bryan is the filler feud until we get to edge. That said, what is the best possible? I'm going to ask this for both matches. What is the best possible outcome to this? I'm just, it makes me sad because I want to be so excited for Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, because it has so much potential to be an absolute barnstormer, Mm -hmm. but it's a filler feud. So I don't know. Do you know what? In my heart of hearts, in my dream heart, in my Lindsay Hmm. gets to grant three wishes, that would be a sad use for wish, wouldn't it? Anyway, it would be that Daniel Bryan would somehow win this. And like, let him lose it again on Raw in two weeks, you know, but like, let him hold it this week. Let him hold it at Raw this week, and then have him like lose a, it right before Mania. Like SummerSlam 99? Right? I just, where they used Mick to hush Or even lose it in the first match of Mania and make him wrestle two matches of Mania again. He's done that before. He'd be mad for it. He'd love that. He'd love to do that again. I know it has to end up being Roman Edge. It has to be. There's been the build. I just, I hate to see Daniel Bryan being used as filler if you're not going to do it in an innovative, fun way. I hope to be surprised by the booking. I don't think I will be. No, no, you won't. Apollo and Big E facing off for the IC title. It's built for a while. I think it'll be a good match. Yeah. I Personally, my preference would be 
to put the title on Apollo while he's still building up and have Big E chase. I don't think it hurts. It's really hard to hurt Big E right now. Yeah. I mean, this feels like a Mania match to me, not a Fastlane match. So I am assuming shenanigans of some kind to have this spill over into Mania. Uh, I think it's bringing out Mm -hmm. the best in both of them. If you you believe this is the best version of Apollo, I'm still on the like, let's just keep watching how this goes. Uh, Because I just Mm -hmm. don't trust them. And it's nothing to do with him. And it's nothing to do with how good a performance he's doing. I just don't trust them. Um, So... I'm into it. I love what it's done for Big E. I deeply enjoyed his let's get medieval on his ass promo. Uh, He went the full jewels of Reservoir Dogs. Like he is going biblical. And I, I just think anything that lets Big E show you how good he is, I am into. Because for so long, he had to be the goofy, happy, smiley, still the enforcer of New Day, but still the goofy, hip-swiveling, big guy doing pelvic thrusts. And I'm like, no, I want to be afraid. When he looks in that camera with that intensity, he is a giant man. I should feel like he could maim someone. It's an eye for an eye. Now it's you, you take one of mine and I take two of yours. Now it's you, you come here to hurt me. And I come here to maim you. Now, now it's you step on my lawn and I bulldoze your house. Beating you, pitting you now, (laughs) that's not enough. No, no, I got to end you. I got to end you. Ultimately, this is two big men slapping meat. So meaty men slapping meat uh, and angry meaty men slapping meat. You love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, I'm, I just want this on the Mania match. And I, I, I don't want to be that person. But I'm like, Vince, you give me these two fucking black men fighting over a title on Mania. And you give me these two black women fighting for a title over Mania. And you fucking give it to me straight. And you don't fuck with it. And you let these people be as excellent as they are. You've damaged your your, uh, issues at Mania there already with a choice you made today. So you give me these fucking things Mm -hmm. or, again, we'll have to have a really sad memorial service about that time that it was in a plane crash. Do we want to uh, call an audible and talk about that before we go into the main event? It feels I'm like it's sorry, more important than anything so that happened mad. on NXT I'm so or, mad. or most of AEW. I'm so uh, mad. It, in case you aren't aware, and I feel like the people who listen to this podcast they know. Stuff, they know. They've announced that WWE will be co-hosted by Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan in in what feels like a blatant attempt to rehabilitate. Like, Look, Titus is with him. Look at his black friend. Look, he's got a black friend, everybody. Hulk's got a black friend. Everything's fine now, right? Yeah, no, he talked to his one black friend, and his one black friend said it was okay. Uh, Fuck me. Fuck me. The tone deafness of this. It's not even tone deaf, is it? It's like, Jesus Christ, this country is more divided. The world is more divided than it has ever been. I didn't go through an election cycle for this shit. Like, if I wanted this, I would have I would have let the other guy win. Like, I didn't spend the entire fucking year campaigning and raising money and like getting my citizenship, like, so that so that fucking Hulk Hogan could host WrestleMania. Jesus, um, I I 
woke up and saw a chain of text messages from you guys that I genuinely couldn't believe it when I then opened a text message from my brother that said the exact same thing. Like, I, I just, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. And yet believe it more than I have ever believed anything in my entire life. I'm so fucking sad for Titus. I cannot, I don't know what his reasoning is. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to wonder. I'm just going to assume the best of him because I know he's a fucking great guy. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it except, you know, racism. But I don't, I don't understand why, Hal? Why? <laughs> I legitimately wonder this, and none of us can know the answer. It's unknowable. Whether or not it even makes a difference for who, like, who is watching that and go, well, I'm tuning in now. Hulk Hogan's going to be on a, on a mic for 10 minutes across two days? Holy crap. I think those what, people do exist. Money. I think those people do exist, and I don't think they're good people. And it's certainly plausible. It's such a concern to me. And like, I mean, there's just so much you could speculate wildly and we all know that's my favorite fucking thing to do. But it's like who at Peacock was like, can you can you get that Hogan fella? The kids love that Hogan fella. Because uh, obviously this is Peacock's first mania. Like, what was the conversation? Who was in the room when they sat down and said, what do you think about getting Terry in? Who was well, in not the his first room? Time, not his first time on television. He's been on. He's been on Raw a bunch. No, I know, I know, I know. But this is like, like, there's no. It's no surprise of like, really, you haven't had him on for a while. This is how you're going to reintroduce him. They've been. No, I know, and it's two years. They've been reworking him in and re. It's two years since he showed up at Mania in New York when Alexa Bliss was forced to endure his fucking presence. Like you know, he showed up then and did a little like, da da. It's me. I'm back. Racism doesn't exist anymore. I'm forgiven because apparently Titus says so. Like I, I, I it adds nothing and it takes away so much. That's what did I don't understand. Did he publicly apologize on WWE programming at any point? Uh, he talked to some Boy Scouts. No, he didn't. No. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Just double checking that. I just, I just want all of our listeners to know that. I will likely still be watching Mania because I am weak and a hypocrite. But every time he's on the screen, I'm going to tweet that thing that he said because he said that thing that he said and you can't take that back. And he hasn't apologized apart from apparently to some Boy Scouts. So I look forward to turning off my comments, um, closing my DMs and just pointing some stuff out not only that but just something to think about usually now like you had the the teen vogue editor who Mm -hmm. they uncut like people get things uncovered and it destroys their careers he made more money oh yeah from that videotape oh yeah or at least was awarded more money who knows what he actually got off of it but he made more money off that tape than he probably did his entire career by a long shot for him racism paid off yep yeah if anything you could say it raised his profile it's not not just the payment that he made out of gorka it also raised his public profile so high and it made him Mm -hmm. a character in all of this it made him a character in the them and us bullshit um by them i do mean racists because he's a hero Mm -hmm. you know it's like he's a hero to some terrible people because he made out like a bandit on this and they're like well he didn't say anything wrong i'm like he did though he did though he said something really wrong he said he said something so fucking bad you and that didn't even have anything to do with the video like the the, 
he was allowed to to be painted as the victim yep because a private tape got leaked yep and got reported I like let's not forget no that it wasn't like he didn't he maintained a pretty a squeaky clean public profile then this gets out he gets to play the victim yep he does suffer I mean I get it that he lost his WWE contract Mwah. and stuff but he also Mwah. made a, a ton of money and they brought him back yeah this is not a and this is not the same as like a, a James Gunn where he gets released by Disney for dumb stuff that he'd already apologized about and then he apologized again yep like took responsibility said I was 100% wrong that was stupid and I completely understand this decision. I don't remember Hulk ever going through some of that because no. it was, hey, I'm the victim. That tape never should have been out there. You never should have known. No, I, I'm not black. I'm not in a position to accept anyone's fucking apology for racist behavior. Yeah. Um, I will say I believe there is room for people to grow and learn from things that happened in the past when they were ignorant. There's, there's levels of it. There's levels of everything. There's certain things you can't fucking come back from. You know, like some of us still take issue with a certain very popular prince these days for dressing up like a Nazi at a Halloween party. Was it even a Halloween party? <laughs> he just dressed up as a Nazi. Yes. You know, like <laughs> some of us still find that fucking problematic when other people celebrate mm-hmm. that guy now. But like, you know, maybe he changed and he grew and he was ignorant. I'm not sure how you can be that ignorant. But like some people say stuff that they think is funny or they say stuff for effect and they didn't realize, they didn't know in the time, in the context, in the culture, whatever, certain things were allowable that aren't now. And as long as you know it, you've grown from it, you learn from it, you acknowledge it publicly, you ask for that forgiveness. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. But like, I believe there's room for growth. There is a a huge difference between time served and doing the work. Huge difference. And you don't get to just wait out a statute of limitations and then poke your head out and say, we cool? I met with a couple people. There's work that needs to be done. Fuck them all. Fuck the royal family. This is not about wrestling anymore. This is a podcast not about royal families. We'll talk about wrestling after Uh, the break. If you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far... If you can follow it, then bless you. The conversation (laughs) continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on with the AEW women's division. But for good reason. Major update coming next on Tights and Fights. Hey, folks, it's me, James Arthur M., host of Minority Corner, your home through these bewild times for weekly doses of pop culture, history, news, nerdy stuff, and more through a BIPOC queer and allied lens. That's how you get Joel Schumacher putting nipples on Batman. Yeah. I didn't ask, like, and I say no. this as a gay I say this as a gay man, didn't ask for it. I don't need to see no. Batman's nipples on his suit. Who is this for? Who is this for? <laughs> I did a bunch of research. I wanted to just know about the history of black people in Argentina. So... Not only did they erase black people from their history, they also started to flip and use it as slurs. We're not done. Like, we're not done with the work that needs to be done. And so stay awake. So join me and some of your new BFFs every Friday here on Maximum Fun to stay informed, empowered, and have some fun. Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. Tyson Fights Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelk, who's had so much coffee. It's time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to rock! Oh! 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 Holy shit! My 
That's so good. It should only add. I at some point that will be longer than a full episode of the show. <laughs> we don't. We don't go. We don't go. We don't look back. We only move forward. It's been years in the making, Lindsay. It has. But would you mind telling us in in an expanded version of the hottest segment in podcasting today, what happened in the AEW Women's Division this week? How? Yeah. Oh, you sat down. I, am, I, can, I can see that you I'm, are, but that was for effect. I, I sit 95% of the time. I, it's really unhealthy. <laughs> get yourself an Apple Watch and add Julian on it. You'll never sit again. Uh, I see him drinking that protein shake. I know. I'm literally keep waiting for him to start just pacing the room. Still just overnight oats. <sighs> just pacing the room while like, doing bicep curls well because he knows I'm sat here right now and I cannot compete yeah. with him on my Apple Watch while we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Hal, I just I want yeah. our listeners to be driving safely if they're driving. I want them to slow their yeah. speed. I want everyone to be calm because their blood pressure is about to go through the roof. Not only were there two matches this week, Two women's matches, two of them wow. in two hours, in two years. Two matches, one of them was only the fucking main event. And that's the match we're going to talk about. That is the match, yeah. I don't care about the Jade match. Like, I think she's great. I think she's going to be incredible. Uh, it was a squash, whatever it happened. Awesome. She's unreal, yeah. yeah. She's amazing. We had an unsanctioned lights-out match between Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa's from Impact, is that right? No, she was NWA Women's Champion. She's NWA, but now, now she's, she's AEW. Now she's AEW, I believe, full time because she's there all the fucking time. So she might as well be. I mean, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Nothing means anything at AEW anymore unless you're in a faction. So, uh, and to the best of my knowledge, she isn't yet, but she's there now. She's there all the time. Okay, let's. I want to do this if you'll permit me. Please. Can we do this as bad news, good news? And I'll do the bad news because okay. I think you're going to do the good news. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I will say in this that I thought both women did a fantastic job. I see we've moved from ripping off WCW in New Japan to, uh, to ripping off ECW and CZW. They were like two fucking fluorescent light bulbs away from me vomiting. They could have told that exact same story without both of them cutting themselves open and bleeding everywhere. It was not necessary. It just didn't, I didn't need it. It didn't add anything for me. I got that they wanted to beat the crap out of each other. It didn't need to be unsanctioned either. It felt like a match that they've sanctioned a bunch of times. And also to me, that sort of goes, it's the main event, but it's unsanctioned. It's unsanctioned, which I know is not what they're actually... They're saying, this is such a heated rivalry that we couldn't sanction a match between the two of them because it's so dangerous. We couldn't handle the liability of two wrestlers with with a bunch of chairs, ladders, and tables that we keep under the ring at all times <laughs> that are used very often. We can't sanction that. Unless both of these people showed up with fucking samurai swords, you can sanction the match. And the lights out, lights on thing did it was really weird. I I I. I'm so glad that that women have main main evented. I wish that <laughs> there's no reason why in 2021 that that should be like made a big deal. Oh, we like should not be celebrating this happening. right now. We should not yeah, be celebrating uh, yeah. this right now. Today is a very I'm, sad day for wrestling. And the fact that we're celebrating this on the day that Hulk Hogan is announced to host WrestleMania is like, what the fuck? He's, he's robbing us. I, I really wanted to, 
I wanted to like this match mm-hmm. a lot more than I did. It just, as soon as the blood started, I was like, this is, I, that's all I can think about. I, I just. You look, you look a little green and sad. You look like I a sad Kermit. I hope that, that a large amount of the audience enjoyed the match. If you enjoyed the match, then it's great. I'm not saying it was bad uh, uh, objectively. Just for me, I, I'm just, I'm done with the bleeding and shit. I'm done with people taking shots to the head. I'm done with the thumbtacks. That doesn't add anything for me. We know from watching these matches that whoever introduces the thumbtacks is going to get thrown onto the fucking thumbtacks. <laughs> well, it's the rule of thumbtacks well, and the rule of tables. To, like, yeah, yeah, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Empty the bag out and, and just do a frog splash onto it. Just do that. <laughs> Get it out of the way, and then let's move on. I, I applaud all the effort that everybody put into the match. I wish I had liked it better. That's it. It's not even, I wish they had done a better job. I wish that I could say that that was my, that that was my bag. And as a main event, it felt that felt like it should have been a pay-per-view match. If you're going to pull out all that yeah. stuff, and they... I, I don't know. I just, I really wish I had liked it more. I... Because uh, I now I feel like if they never do it again, it's somehow my like <laughs> my. Well, I should have liked it more. I didn't. They gave me a main uh, event with women in it, and I didn't like the match. I, that I have much. some bad news for you, Al. Our opinions mean nothing, uh, and it, it yeah. will it okay, will good. mean it, if I loved it and you hated it, they would not give a fuck. Good. Uh, I'm so glad. Don't care. I'm glad. Don't worry. Good. Don't worry. Good. 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 I'm glad everybody is getting work and doing stuff. I just I wish I had been more into it, especially considering the fact that I like both performers and I like the feud. And the build that they've had, and it's felt like a really nice slow burn. Also, why is it not over the belt? Well, I mean, this is this is the thing. So my my take on all of this is that I did enjoy the match with provisos, and ultimately I came down. I've watched it a couple of times. I think mm. about it a lot. It left mm. me with more questions than answers when. Okay. I start to think about it. So just like on the whole, when I watched it, my initial just watching, I watched it live because I'm like, you know what? You get my eyeballs, AW. I've been asking you for more women and I asked you for a women's main event. You gave it to me, so I'll watch it live. You get my rating. They don't care. Mm-hmm. But again, like I'm like, I, you, I asked you for a thing and you gave it to me, so I will watch you. I thought it started kind of slow. Once it picked up, it did not stop. And I, like you, am not a fan of blood. Like, you know I don't like bleeding for bleeding's sake mm-hmm. uh i also yeah. don't like heavy bleeding um and brit i think went a little deep <laughs> i think brit may have baby's first blade job may have may have been a bit much which is odd she's a medical professional i know i'm like you you knew better than this <laughs> also i didn't probably need to see her doing it in the corner when she was under the ladder i feel like the cameraman kind of fucked that up i'm like why is she ducking her head down uh, okay cool uh which was a fuck up because it really affected her makeup and her makeup was great although cleverly red eye makeup so that the blood really merged and it made it, it was a beautiful effect from a, from an aesthetics point of view mm. but i was really worried yes. her eyelashes coming off because she kept having to rub her eyes and there were certain points where i'm like rebel pass her a fucking towel but that's that's by the by these are the things that affect a lady when she watches wrestling i'm like her lashes sure. her lashes how will they stay on educate me right it genuinely was a concern because like if she wipes her eyelash off this is gonna look weird i'm watching it from such a loaded perspective it's not just whether or not i enjoy the match it's not my personal like do i like this kind of match i don't i don't like death Mm -hmm. matches i don't like hardcore matches 
I hate that it's such a fucking AEW trope. Wrestling, like everything else, is romance novels. It is packed with tropes. It is packed with stereotypes and archetypes. And AEW is guiltier, I think, than anyone for using shorthand. And it's lazy. It's lazy storytelling. But there is still part of me that is an angry lady, an angry, angry woman who plays very much in the anything you can do, we can do better sandpit. And at several points during this match, I was screaming, have that, Moxley, um, because this match had a brutality to it that was entirely lacking for me from the Kenny Mox match where I felt like they were tap dancing around that barbed wire and like just playing in the middle of the ring because they're like, oh, don't want to go too close too soon. Whereas these two were like, hey, how about we just fucking try to kill each other on telly? And they did. And they did. And it was a lot. They shouldn't have been in a position where this was something that needed to be done to prove anything. They're both super talented performers. The evolution of Britt Baker from when she started to now, it's fucking insane. It's like, it's Raquel Gonzalez meteoric like from those early uh, promos where she was just bombing every time she opened her mouth when she was just a very Mm -hmm. bland diva because i care about every single one of you in here and because i am an honest role model i have i have to tell you guys that right now we are on a commercial break because there's no way in hell we're going to wrestle just for Huntsville, Alabama, right? It's going to be on TV. To where she is now, where anything she says, I, I listen and I believe it and I care and her ring skills are there and her storytelling skills are superlative and she's a fucking dentist. Like, I mean, I genuinely think she is a star. I wish she wasn't in AEW. I wish she was at NXT. So bad. Um, yeah, but you know, I had that thought too. Because I just think she would shine. I think she would absolutely, if they would have brought her on quicker, they would have developed her character faster. She's such a natural heel. She's so snarky and wonderful. And if AEW were building her like to be a face, not a face, but the face of the company, if they're building her to be their bad guy, because I want, I don't want to see Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta again. Like, and I love Thunder Rosa. I want to see Brit Sheeta. I want Brit. I want that match with Brit and Sheeta and less bleeding and fewer thumbtacks because those two could also kill each other. It could be such yeah. a good match, but Brit lost. So where does that leave Brit? I, I hate to compare and contrast, but it's literally my job. You look at NXT. You even look at main roster WWE. You can see where everyone falls into the puzzle. It's not two people in one story, two people in another story. Everything's interconnected. You see where it goes. Like Raquel and Dakota lost the women's tag team titles because Raquel is moving into a feud with Io, which also then creates friction between Io and Raquel. Like it's everything builds into each other. They've also pulled in the Zoe Stark debut into that feud to build her. Like everything plays together. Everything comes together. With AEW... Nothing feels like it's part of a bigger picture for the women. It just feels like they're giving someone a spotlight for one minute and then it's gone away. Well, at the, at the very least, it showed they can pull off a long-term storyline because this is several months. Yeah, but now where does it go the, and who does it build into? That is always the issue, right? It's, as soon as a story... And that's the the curse of, of 
running a wrestling promotion and also being a wrestling fan is once that's over, well, what's next? Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was really exciting. Now what are you going to do with the two of them? Because I don't want to see them wrestle each other anymore. That's I don't want to see them wrestle each other ever again. I And like I say, I feel like I I feel like the next natural match is Brit Sheeta because even though Brit lost, it feels to me like she's the star that came out of this. Mm-hmm. But she lost. So they've got to get it off of Sheeta. And I love Sheeta. I absolutely love Sheeta. I love her matches. She's a very good wrestler. But they haven't given her anything to do. I would put Sheeta and no. Britt in a long-term storyline. Not, not maybe not as long as this, but I would have Sheeta start. So what I would do, what I would do if I was booking AEW Women's Division, who they will never hear this, so they don't care, uh, actively confirmed by people at AEW, I would have Sheeta be like, do the John Cena challenge. Just come out and be like, every week I'm going to take on a challenger. Every week I want someone and have that be the second women's match of the week. I wouldn't even have that be, there needs to be two a week. Fuck you, AEW. Two women's matches on Dynamite every fucking week from here on in. I, you got to give it to me. I would have one of them every week be Sheeta taking on a challenger. And then eventually I would have her get to Brit because she's, you know, Brit's at the bottom of the pile because she lost this match. I think Britt Baker would make an amazing champion. Because she would be the fucking worst. And it would be so great. So great. She could wear it when she did dentistry. I'd love that. If you have any thoughts on what we've discussed here, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tights and Fights. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... and- I was two butts, 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 butts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. <laughs> Lindsay, what would you like to put over? I forgot we do this, uh, <laughs> even though we do it every week. Um, and I was like, what will I put over? And I'm like, well, probably not NXT because they're all out with COVID. So I actually, even though we spent the main event talking about this, I wanted to put over, because I think it's not fair that she is lost in the shuffle. I wanted to put over Revel's involvement in the women's match on AEW because I yeah. think she adds so much to Brit's character. She added to uh, the match on the Revolution pay-per-view and she cracked with the uh, with the crutch. Like she really adds and she plays that supporting role so well. I think she's so good at it. 
I think she's very charismatic. I think she's a brilliant actor. I think she genuinely is a good actor. Like I love her facial expressions. I love that she doesn't overplay her part. She knows how to be that very, very strong supporting role. Uh, she does what she does excellently. I would yeah. love to see her get a spotlight, but I do still want her by <laughs> Brit's side at all times. Uh, so I really just wanted to give her credit where credit's due because I, I think those supporting roles so often get overlooked, especially when it's a woman and especially when it's a woman at AEW because, like, you know, there's only four seconds to give any women attention on telly. So I'm putting over Rebel because she has been doing strong work for months now and it needs to be celebrated. All right. I'm going to put over something from NXT, but not the way you think. There's a Dairy Queen commercial during the show with Johnny and Candace. And guess what? I loved it. I love blizzards. I love the way. And I love watching the two of them. Naughty. I'm sure, I love the two of them talk about their relationship and like their couple kids getting to live their dreams. I know it's a commercial, but just bear with me and let me have something good in this fucking world. Hey, NXT fans, this is Johnny Gargano. And Candice LeRae. On and off the road, we know a thing or two about happiness. For us, happiness comes from being together and sharing in life's joyful moments. This is our story about how we share happy, presented by DQ. So our new family is fantastic. It feels like... Would you say best friends, even? We are, Would yes. I maybe be so, your best so, friend? Yes. We were friends, then best friends, best friends, and now husband and wife. I just love that we get to do all these fun, new, exciting adventures with each other. I love it. They're basically just big, big kids. kids. <laughs> they get to live their dream. Why didn't they eat the food, Hal? Why didn't they eat the food? I know, those chicken fingers look good. They're staring at me, going cold. Mm. Bastards. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Julian, would you like to put something over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of something good. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of something good. I never expected uh, this. I always try to think back on what my favorite WrestleMania moments are. And aside from the good matches, I like when the storylines play out and end the way that they're supposed to end. Mm. And it feels really good. And you get a moment where you feel like, you know, like the usually it's the good guy winning because heels exist to lose. And my favorite example of that is one of the last shows that they ever did, or WrestleManias that they ever did in an arena happened in Chicago, and the match was uh, Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon. And on paper, that sounds like the stupidest match in the goddamn world. But when you basically have the full context of Shawn Michaels getting beaten up for, uh, I think, a few months at that point by Vince McMahon returning to his most evil self, this match is an exercise in elderly abuse of Shawn Michaels (laughs) just taking out an entire half a year's worth of frustrations on Vince McMahon. He slams him over the head with his magazine cover that had just come out with. He beats up everybody who tries to stop him. He handcuffs Shane to the bottom rope and flips him off before he jumps off of a ladder and lands on Vince McMahon, who's on a table with a, a trash can over his head. It's just, it's wonderful. It's so cathartic. And it's just like <laughs> JR is having like an orgasm on the microphone on commentary the whole time because he loves seeing Vince McMahon get beaten up. It's just, it's so much fun. I love this match so much from beginning to end. Yeah, I hit him in the head with it. Look out! And then shove it up his ass. Oh, How would that be? That easy, JR. You've got to try to be a little bit objective about I'm this. I'm not match. going to be objective. This may be my last broadcast. Well, this one's going out with a blaze of glory. What do you think now? He also took a blue chew right before exactly. that started. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he probably had to go to a doctor at this point. This is yeah. before mail-in prescriptions. Yeah, that's right. Thing. It's like a hot glue gun and a machine gun had a baby down there. Blue chew. Available at every 
flying J truck stop in the Midwest. I was just sick in my mouth. So, (laughs) well, that does it for this episode of Tights and Bites. You can't top that. This week, your host for Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Loveland, who you can catch in the latest thrilling adventure hour show and tell where all the workplace players are getting together and sharing some embarrassing moments from early in our professional careers or even some of our amateur work. You can find tickets and information at houseseats.live. And if you can't make the live show, which is today, the 20th of March, uh, the year of our Flying Spaghetti Monster 2021, it will be available for a limited time afterwards. So go to houseseats.live for all that info. And hey, if you have a televised cartoon and you need somebody to do voices for it, I do that. Ask for me by name. Lindsay? Uh, I got I got some books. That's my job. So you could uh, borrow my books from your library or you could buy them wherever you buy books. Uh, and I have another podcast all about beauty and stuff. Although often it's just a lot of silly chat. So that's nice. Um, and on this week's episode of Silly Chat, it's our 100th episode. And we have a very special guest, Miss Busy Phillips, who I know is a friend of Mr. Yeah. Hal Loblin. So that's, that's nice. Right. Um, so come listen to me chat to Hal's friend about like when she had a teenage job at the body shop and uh, what perfume she wore as a teenager and, and stuff like that. Because it was really nice and fun. So do that. Full coverage. Full coverage podcast. Listen to that, please. Yes. Our producer, Julian Burrell, has that vaccine in his veins already, and he hopes you do soon as well. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. Buy our t-shirt! We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Bites Podcast Tyson Bites MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported